Welcome to the American Quinault Podcast. Since 1960, American Quinault Magazine has been the independent voice of the self-service laundry industry. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Baggs. I've served American Quinault since 2011, and I'm in my 32nd year as a reporter editor. Today, our podcast topic is about finding and keeping good laundromat employees, and I've enlisted the aid of someone who's written for American Coinop on this very subject. Brian Brunkhorst is the owner of six laundromats in the San Francisco Bay Area, president of the Golden State Coin Laundry Association, and board member for the National Association. He's a real estate investor, author of Secrets of Buying and Owning Laundromats. He's been a featured speaker at national industry and association events, and he's the CLA's 2013 Member of the Year. Brunkhorst went from the high-tech testing of computer networking software in Silicon Valley to the low-tech business of owning several laundromats. He's dedicated to teaching fellow entrepreneurs how to find, evaluate, analyze, and buy a laundromat, as well as improve its operations. He joins me today from his office in California. Good morning, Brian, and welcome to the American Coinop Podcast. Good morning, Bruce. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks again for uh, agreeing to chat with me and, and talking to our audience about employees and hiring. Let's get things rolling by learning a little bit more about your operation. How many people do you employ and in what capacities? As you said, we've got six locations in the San Francisco Bay Area. We currently have one of those locations under construction, so we don't have anybody there. And we have one unattended laundromat. So of the six, four locations have employees. Uh, and we currently have about 25 members on staff as attendants uh, with an additional manager that manages all the uh, attendants. Of course, we've got some contractors, uh, some cleaning crew for uh, the one store that, that's an unattended store, and then we've got other people on staff as, as uh, contractors as well, you know, performing various other duties. What traits do you look for in a good laundry attendant? This is in no particular order, but, but they're very, very important traits nonetheless. One of the things for sure you got to have is somebody that can be trainable and somebody that will be able to follow directions. Uh, you want workers who are going to be honest, right? There's a lot of cash involved uh, in the laundromat industry, and so you want, you want your uh, staff members to be honest. Uh, and have good work ethics as well. You know, a hard worker is important. Bilingual um, is certainly a plus. If, if we can find people who speak both English and Spanish, that really works out well. Uh, you want people who are friendly and smile a lot. You want them to be outgoing, you know, a bubbly personality, uh, gets along well with customers. Also, you're looking for people who will show up on time and be reliable. And lastly, I would say you want somebody that's going to be a problem solver. And a lot of times people don't think problem solver and laundromat attendant. But honestly, the biggest problem that the attendants are going to face is a customer having a problem with the machine. And how, how does that attendant solve the problem while making the customer feel good about themselves and happy that they're there washing, even though they had a problem? Those would be my highlights as far as the, the traits that we're looking for in a good attendant. Everyone probably does it a bit differently, but how do you conduct your interviewing process? You know, we put in an ad. We use Craigslist. We use Facebook. 
We use uh, Mexican magazines and newspapers. So there's a number of different places that we'll put ads in. When somebody calls or emails based on that ad, the very first thing we do is schedule an interview. And, the, and when we're on the, I mean, once we've reviewed their uh, resume and stuff, those that we like, we'll call them, schedule the interview, then they got to show up. We just, we, the whole purpose of that call is to schedule them to get in the store in front of somebody. Then they come in, you know, if they show up, which oddly enough, less than 40% of the time they show up, which is ridiculously low. Uh, but but that's the nature of this business, unfortunately. And so once they show up, then we'll interview them. If the interview goes well, we might actually train them right on the spot for like an hour or two. And then we'll give them a check right then for that training as though they're uh, a contractor. Because we just want to see how do they work. What you know? Can they follow directions? And until they do it, you don't know whether or not this is a person you really want to work with. Once you've determined, okay, I think that this is a person that we can work with, we bring them on board as an employee, and then we'll put them through another full day of training with our manager, and then they'll shadow another staff member, so we'll double up a shift, and they'll, they'll shadow another staff member for like a week. Uh, before we let them loose on their own. What resources do you recommend that a store owner make available to his or her employees, especially in times when ownership or management isn't around? Well, every employee is going to get an employee manual, and that details out all of the duties and responsibilities that we ask each shift to do. So depending upon the time of the day and what shift it is, they may have differing duties. Uh, to give you an example, if you have the morning shift, uh, and it's a store that's not open 24 hours, so we have three of those, the morning shift, they're responsible for emptying all the dryer lint in all the dryers. If you're the closing shift, you're going to mop the floor. Throughout the day, the duties might be spot mopping the floor, but the closing shift does a full mop of the floor and gets the store as clean as possible for the morning. So the duties do vary uh, depending upon, you know, the time of the day and that sort of thing. Included in the manual is a list of phone numbers that employees can call for help. And the first line is they always call their manager. Uh, and that's her job is to help the employees when they're working and they have questions. Newer employees, we, we make sure that they're working very closely with the manager, especially the first few weeks they're on the job. Reviewing employees is a vital part of building and keeping a knowledgeable, dependable workforce. How can a store owner go about reviewing his or her employees? Like any job, it's very important to give feedback. Uh, that's a function of management. We give feedback quite often. Uh, the manager is constantly giving feedback, hey, you did this right, you need to improve on this. But then we have more formal reviews after the first 90 days where the manager will literally sit down with the employee and tell them their strengths and weaknesses or strengths and things that they need to improve on and set their expectations going forward. Then after that, we do yearly reviews uh, of work performance. 
And usually the reviews uh, come near the end of the year, um, and we always give out holiday bonuses based on work performance throughout the year. You know, there's the law of averages. You're not going to bat a 1,000 on your hiring. So what can happen if you make a poor hiring choice? How can that impact your operation? I mean, it, it could literally cost your business thousands of dollars. You know, if you have a very poor hire, they could be disparaging your company. Uh, and if your company ha- has more than one location and you're branded, now all of a sudden you've got a disparagement against the entire chain. Uh, in addition to that, uh, in this day and age, your businesses are going to be reviewed online. People love great businesses that treat them super well. And once in a great while, they will post something online saying how wonderful of an experience they had. But I guarantee you if somebody has a bad experience, they're ten times more likely to post that online than the fantastic experience they had. It literally takes ten attaboys to overcome one oh darn that wasn't so good you know what i'm saying yeah so Um, communication you know continual communication with your employees the training all of it goes hand in hand to make certain that uh, a a scenario like you just described doesn't happen we have to remember 90 plus percent of the hours you're open the fate of your business whether it's a hundred thousand dollar business or a multi-million dollar business will rest with the lowest wage earner in your organization. I mean, think about that. Hiring the right people are, is a very important aspect of your business as a manager and owner. Once you determine that an employee is not going to work out, what's the best way to handle their dismissal? That falls into two categories. The first category would be somebody who has done some egregious offense, they stole money, they were being racist, and a review on online, you know, customers said that they uh, were being racist to them, or, you know, some, some very egregious thing that's like, look, I can't afford to have this person here a second longer. If that happens, then literally we're running the payroll for them, cutting a last check, and, I'll, and I head down to the store, and either I or the manager fires them immediately on the spot, hands them the last check, and they're done. We get the keys back, they're gone. That happens very rare. If somebody's not working out, and again, we constantly are giving feedback to the employees how they're doing, and if somebody's doing stuff where we've warned them several times verbally, we'll start the termination process. Uh, by giving them written warnings. So we give them a first written warning and put them on a 90-day probation, and usually that will also include possibly taking away one of their shifts. You know, if the behavior doesn't improve, we will give them a second written warning and extend that out to 120 days and, again, take away probably another one of their shifts. And if they have a third offense, will either terminate them at that time or give them a third written warning and drop their shifts down uh, by one or two more shifts. So essentially, we're, we're 
just reducing their shift level to where they're at the store so little they they uh, will want to quit. You know, that doesn't happen to us very often. And and if they improve, we want them to get those shifts back. We So we try and work with them and, and give them extra attention. And if they need more training, you know, we'll work with them and, and give them more training. And we invest so much time and energy in training and hiring. So we'd much rather devote that time and energy into keeping somebody, you know, because if somebody started off as a good employee, then all of a sudden they start going south. Maybe there's something else going on in their life right. that that they need help with, but it's being reflected in their work performance. So part of it is like, you know, sitting down with the employee and saying, what's going on? This isn't like you. How can we help you do better at your job? Because right now your work performance is suffering and we don't want to take away shifts. We don't want, we don't want you to leave. We, we like you here. That's why we hired you. One last thing I'd like to say about it too, is that it's really important to enable your employees for success. As we've said, I mean, your people are your business. It's on you as the owner and manager, not them. So treat your employees right and they will have your back, and they will treat you right, too. So with that, uh, Brian, thank you. I'm going to wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, If our audience would like to learn more about Brian and his experience in operations, uh, you can visit the websites advantagelaundry.com or buyalaundromat.com, all one word in both cases. Brian, again, thanks for the time that you put in and uh, sharing your expertise with the audience of American Coin-Op. You're very welcome, Bruce, and good chatting with you all. The American Coin-Op podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago, with music written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. For more information about future podcasts, visit our website at AmericanCoinOp.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. Also, Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. For American Coin Op, this is editor Bruce Beggs saying your cycle is up.